This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. G'day, everybody. And uh, this is the first of our, um, I guess, daily slate of um, team preview podcasts leading into the season. We're going to try and get um, uh, one fan from each team, except for the Broncos, because I don't think Mitch says no one's worthy of talking about the Broncos with him. He's not even joking. (laughs) This is literally a conversation. I was like, why would somebody listen to this podcast? So so say someone is a Broncos fan, listen to this podcast. And they can listen to this, listen to Broncos Weekly. Why the hell would they listen to me interview somebody else about the Broncos? But maybe you could get someone fun. I don't know. But uh, instead, you just decided to take a big shit on the whole idea. Yes. Um, <laughs> nevertheless, we start off with... Um, we're starting off with a, a, a team that... Uh, you know, we, we've talked a fair bit about in the past. A team that's undergone a lot of change in the past a few years. Definitely a couple of regime overhauls. And with a guest who is very familiar to anyone who's listened to this show for more than five seconds. And that is, of course... Harry Ramage, diehard Newcastle Knights fan. Hello. Boys, how are we? Doing well, mate. So, yeah, we figured we'd probably, uh, and you'll see from the next couple of episodes after this one, that we're, we're taking it, sort of easing our way into this with some teams that we're pretty familiar with and some guests that we're pretty familiar with before we sort of branch out into other teams going forward over the next two and a half or three weeks or whatever, depending on how we space them out. I think it's about 18 or 19 days before the grand, uh, before the season gets underway. But... Anyway, we are here to start off with the Newcastle Knights. Uh, obviously, Harry, last year, they made the finals for the first time in, in quite a while. I mean, they, they were up big on South in that first finals game before it all fall apart. Um, I guess we can probably start there. What are your thoughts on last season? So how do you, how do you rate what you saw last year? Um, so the last three seasons, the Knights have like first half of the season or like first eight or nine rounds started the season really well. Mm-hmm. And then they've like, really found themselves in a hole by the end of the year. Like I think the last in 2018, in their last 16 games, they went four and 12 Um, in their last 12 games in 2019, they went two and 10, something ugly. Like they, they won seven of eight in the middle of the year and missed the finals. It's not what you want. No. And then last year, they, it was really just the last month they fell apart and, some of that's injuries. Some of that's maybe there's a trend. Maybe there's a, a bit of a Mary McGregor like trend or Dragons trend of the last few years as well. Um, so I mean, it was a whole lot better than what it had been in a, in previous years. Like if you had said back in February 2020, "Hey, Knights fans, your team's going to be playing on the first Sunday of October." At the end of this year, <laughs> you idiot! You, you would have taken You're it. an absolute. You would have buffoon. taken it. So, and that happened. I hope you wrote you that know? earlier today. Yeah. Obviously, I feel like we've made that shit joke like a thousand times on various podcasts since well, well, since last year. But I'm la- I'm glad seven Harry's more it teams back. to make it about. Yeah. So I mean, we're we're I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna rattle through every single gain and loss for each team because that's a bit tedious, and you guys can go and look that up for yourselves. But we will, of course, talk about some of the major players going in and out of each team. Um, I guess, Harry, the, the marquee signing for you guys this year is probably Tyson Frizzell. Is that fair? How are you, how are you excited about that? Um, I'm really mixed on this because I think the last two years of his club footy at the Dragons, he's a player that's like been screaming, I need a change of clubs. Like Big just time. the, yep. I've, I'm sort of mailing it in here. Like, I've, you know, what's the next challenge at club level? So on that aspect, 
Well, so from that aspect, it's like, okay, well, that's really exciting. Like he might kick up, kick up the next gear and be like that, you know, that really vital edge forward that might push you over the limit. But then you just wonder, like, I think Chris is 30 now. Like you're paying him $700,000 play on the, it's like, it's a lot of money. And yeah, he got, he got yeah. sneaky old, didn't he? Old Frizzell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure Frizzell's about the yeah. same, about the same age as me, which is around about 30. So, I mean, all of it, yeah, three years at 700K of pop. Like, that's – ta- they've taken a big risk. And when they made the signing, I, I I saw it as they think they can win the comp in 2021 and they're just going, bugger it, it's probably an overpay, but we're going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for the most part, I think I think he'll be pretty good. I don't – yeah, it's a little bit too much money. Like, Glasby was on way too much money, but, you know – like that shit happens sometimes and like it's kind of out of your control as a fan. You just got to hope that, you know, that you, you will. I mean, I trust Adam O'Brien much more than, you know, previous coaching <laughs> regimes. So I think, I think he can sort of rejuvenate him and maybe change his role within the team a little bit more. Like that Ford pack has Clemmer, Frizzell, Saifidi. Like that's three yeah. established rep players. Yeah. Like, they, they should realistically be one of the best packs in the comp. Well, we, we got asked about this during the week and Mitch and I talked about it, but I'd love to get your thoughts on it because I actually think it's a pretty cool move and I like what he's doing. Your thoughts on Connor Watson playing 13? As Campo would say, man, it's summer footy. That's what it's about. Like, the, <laughs> if happening is summer footy, it's Connor Watson playing 13. And I think about two years ago, there were some lunatics on like Knights fan forums on Facebook and shit. Like, we we're all like the the wacky ideas of like Gareth Widow at nine and shit like that happened. Um, someone actually floated, Hey, like Connor Watson could play like Cam Murray as a, like as a really athletic tiny 13. And I thought, well, that'll be, you know, that'll do me, but mm. um, times you know, change, mate. I mean, in, since that time, times have, yeah, times have changed a lot. So that, that man was a visionary. Like it could have been a, <laughs> could have been a Vlandy's burner account. Not real cool. <laughs> But, well, I just um, I just love feeling represented. I know that now I have the height to play lock in the National Rugby yeah, League. Yeah. So that's yeah, good. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, um, Connor, Connor scored a try against the Tigers last year at Leichhardt. Like, it was the day the league shut down. It was that last game before the comp shut down. And, like, the game had been put to bed. But, you know, he beat six or seven blokes with really fast, nimble footwork on the Tigers' try line and just embarrassed them. And... Yeah, he's been injury riddled and he does things that frustrate the shit out of you as a player, but he then he does things like that or he scored that try when he played at hooker against the Roosters up in Newcastle in 2019 where he just goes from dummy half and he just runs around Tedesco and you go, well, that's why coaches love this guy like because he can do things like that and um, for better or worse, he is like a point of difference. Yeah, I think it was one of those cases of like, get this guy's in our best 13 players. We have to get him in there. It doesn't work. We tried six, we tried nine, didn't really work there. Yeah. They spent last preseason on this on the bench. And I think like this is the time to take those risks, start of the year, and see what happens. And the new rules obviously change a lot of this. Like a lot of teams strip back their 13 in terms of weight over the offseason and last season. So they're probably going to be, you know, a bit of a split between the props and the lock again. Yeah. So I think yeah, it's, it's time to give it a shot. And he probably lost a bit of mobility with his Achilles injury, but who knows? Like 
guys are I know he's not Kevin Durant, but guys are recovering so well from the type of injury now compared to they were they were a decade ago. Yeah. So, so who knows? He's, but, he's going to be back in like less than nine months after that Achilles injury yeah. too. So it's crazy. That but, that will be interesting to see how he how he pulls up after that. Um, I, I kind of think he'll sort of play. You know, he'll he'll basically just be a support player on every on every ruck and. You know he'll run some tip-ons off Daniel Saifidi, like because if it, you know if it, his speed, like if he doesn't lose any speed, like next to those B defenders, like he, he could be potentially a nightmare for a defensive side. Yeah, like in you know on those edges of the rocks. So excited to see how it goes, and then if it doesn't work, just change it back. Like just just go the old school ways. Exactly, it's a Tom try. Like it's a twenty-four, it's a twenty-four game seat. Like season this year you know yeah and the things with um with frizzell i don't people have heard my thoughts on that on this podcast but to bring a guy in like that you have to pay more than you know to get into move clubs you have to pay more than what you really think he's worth so that's just what that's what comes with it but it's a club as you said they think you know they've um, still, yeah they've got the last year mitch pierce on the contract maybe they're on him or not but they got him they end up keeping blake green there you know they've got they've got kalen resign they have clemmer they have so I like how many good top years do a lot of those guys have? Not Ponger, obviously, but like Clemmer can't keep redlining the way he's been redlining forever. Um, Pierce, how many good years he got left? Blake Green's probably got half a year left. Like, yeah, you got to take a throw at the stump sometimes. And I had yeah. spent a long time not taking that shot. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and you know they they got guys like um, Heimel Hunt and Ari Tuala like to contribute regularly. Mm. Who are, you know between them are probably what making. Four hundred thousand yeah. dollars between the two of them. So Brad like, on a yeah, cheap deal, probably as well. Yes, yeah, still on a cheap deal. So, like their forward pack and their spine is on a lot of money, but they're out. They're spending bugger all on their outside backs. Like Edric Lee, like I mean, he he might actually take a bit to resign this year, Edric Lee. Yeah, you know, he's a <laughs> Queensland rep now. So, and they have a great record when he is in the starting side. Edric That's Lee. very true. Yeah, um, yeah, he. I don't know. Like some people say, oh, it's a coincidence, but I actually think there's something to it. But anyway, maybe it's just that uh, I don't want to name names, but a couple of the guys in your depth backs are just not very good. But um... yeah, yeah, that's true. Too. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the thing about their depth yeah. guard was last year was they had they had the biggest injury toll, but they still like you know late season fade out and all, but they still hunt. They still got to the finals. Yeah, you know, may, maybe I don't know a weak comp or whatever, like to steal a, a Gus Gouldism or whatever, but. To still hang on, like they had blokes dropping left, right, and center. They were um, very much running on fumes, and it, yeah, right. and it was it was a testament to their depth that they actually did get there. Like they and their squad hasn't changed that much. Like yeah, I was, I was about to ask guys, you that. So, yeah, um, does anyone really like? I'm just looking through their gains. I mean, you, you, there's a few guys whose names I don't even know, like Garrett Smith and 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 Braden Musgrove. But like, dude, there's not really any depth signs that jump out there, apart from maybe Jack Johns, who has an outside I'm, chance of, of I'm featuring. I'm really interested in, in what Dominic Young does. Oh, you, Dom Mitch, Young that's from the Huddersfield. Guy, that's the guy I want to. That's the guy. Yeah. yeah, I was going to ask: Is there any of these guys who I might or our listeners might not know about who who you are high on? Okay, so Alex McKinnon and Co. at the Knights, like. You know the Ra- You know the Raiders went to England and and signed established stars out of England. But the, to me, they've actually done the, the the smarter thing, like for the long term health of clubs. And like you get these guys cheap, is they've gone and got like out of the Huddersfield Academy, they got Dominic Young, who's only seventeen or eighteen now. They've signed him for three years, 
but he's probably coming out of here on not much money, like going to be getting way better money than in all the free pizzas he could have got planned for Huddersfield. But he looks like he's built like a diet Jamal Idris. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, <laughs> He's uh, he's got a huge huge left fend, you know he can you know cat, got the ball out in one hand and he just has all the potential in the world to be a dominant right center. He has really long arms, hey. Like he looks yeah. like if I obviously he's you haven't got those measurements. Six foot six or six foot yeah. seven tall, like he's it, he's an enormous man. But he looks like he has the arm reach of a, a basketball player. You know, usually their arms are a couple inches longer than their their body. Like, yeah, unlike most of us, like he looks like he's got that, which is always a great. Leads you in great stead for a fan when you can launch an arm out there and pump someone off. But like, I don't know if he'll get a run early in the year. Project player, great project player, and maybe he'll he'll you know maybe after ten rounds or some injuries he gets a run or he kills his last cup and he gets well sorry kills whatever grade (laughs) Newcastle Knights reserves are playing. Mate, he'll probably. While you two were talking, I watched I watched forty five seconds of grainy YouTube highlights. I'm in. He's huge. He's, he's, yeah. he's absolutely giant. gigantic. Yeah, he's that, a, he's a big dude. But they also got um Josh Hodgson's cousin Bailey out of um, I think he was in the Hull uh, Academy. Okay. Yeah, so he he's a fullback. Um, yeah, again, like you know, so what he's going to be like essentially the third string fullback behind Tex Hoy and Caelan Ponga, but um, but like in the next, but he's on a long term deal as well, so that they're obviously. They're obviously playing the long guy, the long game with those outside English backs, which is probably the best yep. way to do it. Like bring him here at eight, 17, 18, rather than. I think so. Because how many times have we seen established guys come over here and fail? Like, yeah, like pretty hey, much always. Joe Burgess, like come here and then just, you know, give it a go. Or Ryan Hall, come yeah. here after like knee reconstruction and when you're like 30 plus. Like it's just. Yeah. You know, I think, I think for them, I think they've, they've got the best chance of, you know, or Callum Watkins. Like what a disaster that was, you know. Yeah, but it's it's totally one of those things that they've signed a guy that looks like the prototypical outside back you'd want. Like, you know, when we brought Fiji and Sevens guys here, this is like the version of that, but it's a guy who's actually played rugby league. So it's an advantage yeah. there. But it's like, yeah, yeah, give him a year or two and he'll kill it. But may, maybe he gets to run this year. The rest of your young fellas have kind of been around the traps now. Hey, like you yeah, guys, they, you, come your Tex Hoy, yeah. Stafford Toa, Phoenix Crossland, those guys played last year because they, mm. they had to play. Yeah. And Has this, is they, there, all, they, um, more, they more than handled it, though, all those guys. Like, I thought Stafford yeah. Toe was terrific in the games that he played, um, yeah. especially the game against Cronulla, he got a hat-trick. Like, he, you know, he was fantastic for, you know, when he got given a chance. We're famously Hoy Boys here as well. So oh, big time. We're big, looking... Big time Hoy Boys. We're trying to stay away from predicting 17... For round one seventeen is because that's fool's gold. It is. It'll be wrong in a week. I think Kalen Ponga will be fullback. Well, that's if he's fit, though. <laughs> Tex Hoy, that's what I was saying. Tex Hoy's going to cover for a couple of rounds. And you probably feel a lot better about that after what you saw from him last year than you would Big have time. felt. Because yeah. the Knights, we all know before last year, no Ponga, no Knights. Like, you feel a lot better now. You've got Tex in there. I'm, I'm, I'd be pretty happy as a Knights fan. And you said the depth in that back line. I know it's not superstars, but... Yeah, they don't have outstanding outside backs, but they've got a lot of options, yeah. But yeah, Stafford Tawa has to fight for a spot with Tuala and Hamal Hunt. Again, Hunt and Tuala aren't superstars, but they had a really good year last year. And then you look at the the forwards, they cleaned out a lot of guys at like uh, the last remnants of that Brown era. And some of them served the club pretty well, like the Aiden Guerra types. But you you cleaned them out and didn't really hurt your depth that much, in my opinion. Like nah. you, you still got on the bench, you still probably have like a Jacob Saifidi there. Maybe Soaso Sue has to play. 
but you have Fitzgibbon out early. Yeah, if, it, if Sawasa Sue's playing a lot of games off the bench, we're probably injury ravaged in the middle. You but, yeah, but you can open a good problem that you know once you've got Fitzgibbon back, someone like Fitzgibbon or a Mitch Barnett or a Connor Watson can't start. Yeah. And that's what good club sign all of a sudden when you, you're benching a guy that is in your, you know, if you put down your best 13 players are in it and they can't yeah. crack it. Yeah, 100%. I was, I mean, for most of our um, guest hosts, we'll be asking them sort of uh, like, are there, is there anyone that you've lost for this year that, that is, is going to hurt you this year? But I, I looked at the losses for the Knights and I knew your answer would be no, but I suppose there is a little bit of sentimentality attached to Seodi Mataudia um, being gone, but I guess has I've been mean, just to make double. So apart from that, there's really you haven't really lost much that you're sort of ruining about. No, not really. Like um, you know, Guerra was a really professional, um, you know, big con- or good contributor every week. But you know, not like no one should shed a tear. You know, it's time. You know, his time in footy was up. Like you know, he'd had enough. Um, you know, he's off. He's off. You know, it's going to be a culinary chef now by the look of it mm-hmm. <laughs> on his Instagram stories. So. Yeah, re- realistically, but even like, you know, I'm not even that sad about like Matautia. Like he just like had a bit of Kurt, Kurt Gidley or Craig Wing syndrome. It's like, what's their best position exactly? Like, um, and just could never nail a spot in the team. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was just, I think it's he was, fair. It, yeah, he was like a really, he was like the worst version of that, that it was, yeah, like you like having this guy in your team, but they're all what, it always just felt like there was a better option in whatever position he wanted to be, whether he'd play centre or back row. You know, like it always just felt like he was a placeholder. Yeah, yeah, I think that's totally fair. So we've 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 um sent all our guests um some questions to answer. Um, a, a few of them we sent them to you earlier today, so hopefully you've had a little bit of time to think about them. So we'll start um with uh, what are your expectations for the Knights for this season? I've gone. I've been up and down. On, their, on what I expect to see from them this year, like, like quite a bit. Like, I can talk myself into, for a lot of reasons, they should be a top four team. Like, you know, they, they, they should finish fourth or fifth, you know, pretty comfortably. But then I can actually, like, convince myself that, yeah, they over, they, they, they sort of over or sort of over, overachieved last year, you know, despite all the injuries and things like that. They sort of, yeah, maybe there was a bit of fool's gold in some of their footy last year. I think I do err more to the side of, yeah, they'll be a lot to make the top eight. I do worry just how bad Pierce was last year. He had a really, really bad season. Um, I just... And all that stuff that happened with him in the off-season, now everything seems hunky-dory and everything like that now, but even under O'Brien, like that... In the back end of last year, they had a soft underbelly, and you just wonder whether, you know, they lose two in a row, and and the frustration sets in, and someone says something they shouldn't, and and like I just can't help but feel that that situation may be a little bit of a ticking time bomb in the locker room, and they're going to have to have a lot of mental resolve for that to not be an issue. Like I know it's like oh no, they'll just get on a play, but like this shit just it does affect teams sometimes, you know. Um, yeah. And the big issue in the past is they they have been soft footy side. You yeah, they they've just got a if they can if they can get that mental resilience they've they've got enough talent on the field to be a top four side. 
I think for you, if you guys, Harry, you're the hardest team in the competition for me to read this year. And I know oh. people, there's lots of more like all over the spot. You can see them finish anywhere. I can legitimately see you guys from like third to 12th. Because oh, 100%. Of the, the fact yeah. is, you, you said like, I rate that squad on paper. I was a, I was a fan of O'Brien's work. But there seem to be a few things that are simmering there that, as you said, the South Underbelly came back really too easily at the end of last yep. year after the first 16 or so weeks, came back too easily. There's that, the whole Pierce stuff. And you're the you're literally the first club until Cooper Cromp became available. You're the first this is the first time in Pierce's career he's been under contact pressure contract pressure is this year. The first time a club said you gotta take less, which is to to go through what he player he has for like a, over a decade and never hit the levels he was expected to do. It's it's weird that that's like the first time it's happened to him. So he's being yeah. challenged to step up to the plate and earn that money. And I don't know if I fully back him to to, to, to take that challenge well because I've just never I, had confidence even, in him. Even if he comes out and has a blinder of a season, I'm not sure I'd re-sign him anyway. Yeah. Because I think, might, yeah, I think you basically... be old contract Chris Sando kind of thing. Yeah, well, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think you've pretty much got to bank on him having a contract year and hoping for the best and then worrying about next year after yeah. this season if it if it all pans out the way you want it to. Um, are there any veteran players you believe are in a position uh, for a big year or to make a step up? Can Clem offload the ball 80 times? <laughs> That's the thing, you guys. I, I, because like we wrote out these questions and everyone's going to answer them. But again, for you guys, it's weird, right? Because all of your veteran guys are kind of, I feel like they're, they are who we think they are. Well, yeah. And it's pretty much all out. your young guys that I'm looking at, like guys like Tex Hoy. And even like, I guess Kalen Ponga still counts as a young player as well. Like these are the guys who you're looking forward, like, into the future to, to, to take that next step. I mean, you're not really expecting David Clemmer or, or Saifidi, as great as they are, to get better. You're just hoping they're as good as they were last year. Yeah, did, yeah. yeah they already took the O'Brien set, didn't they? Like Saifidi and Clemmer last year. Yeah. Like, if if Daniel Saifidi becomes the, yep, he's the undisputed best prop in the comp, then, like, that's a huge step towards them being, like, a lock for the top four. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah. But if you've got I mean, two top I mean, four or five pretty, props like, in the league. Close, like, he's pretty close to that. And the hardest step to make is, like, that when you're really, really good and play at a high level to be that, yeah, I, like, there's no doubt in anyone else's mind, like, that I'm the best player in the comp or like, in my position kind of thing. Like, that, that step to being top tier is just so hard to make. Like, to go from, yeah, like... Yeah, we phoned it in under Brownie to oh yeah, we've got the new coach kick with O'Brien. Like that's easy to do. It's mm. it's it's this next step that's the big challenge for him. Yeah, I think that's fair. I um, I, I yeah, I, I love your guys starting forward pack, but I do yeah, I think there are depth depth issues there. But um, a young player to watch out for. I mean, this can either be a guy that we saw a little bit of last year, and you're thinking will improve, or someone we might not have heard of. Um. Like I said, like Dom Young's the big wild card yeah. um, out out in the centres. Like if, you know, formal injuries out on that right edge sort of determine that, hey, maybe a change needs to make. Maybe they take a gamble and go, bugger it, let's throw this kid in there and see what he can do. Um, but a full season of Bradman Best, I just want him to not mm. not get nicked up and have five or six weeks out with an injury and then, oh, yeah, he's not oh, – he's – he broke the COVID bubble to go and, well, we don't have to worry about that this year, I don't think, um, you know, and he has to miss a game. Like, realistically, if he if he can put 23, 24 games together, he could be playing Origin mid-year and, like, he, he could just be, yep, he's best left centre in the comp. Like, 
like it's not a discussion. Like he he's got that kind of potential. He does, mate. Like it's yeah, not absolutely. a very deep position at the moment, center. It's no. not a lot of talent. There's not many, there's not many a little bit of a little bit of disrespect from Dane Gagai from the boys. But oh, but I mean, right. you know, there's a reason why in Origin this. I know you've done <laughs> about Origin, but they weren't centers in Origin this year. No, you're right. But Bradman Best, people might forget, but last year he had he had what. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight games over over 150 metres for a centre. And he only played like 12 games. And he looks like yeah, he hurts 20. them when he runs into them as well. He's just yeah. such a damaging runner. I love watching him play. Um, yeah, he's definitely another keeper. So I guess, hey, the best case scenario is Bradman Best and Edric Lee get uh, picked for origin. And then um, uh, Dominic Young comes in for those origin games and shines as well. And then suddenly you've got like the, the best back line in the comp. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be really nice. That'd be like, Back to the Halcyon days twenty years ago when they had like just just mate, mate they, were Tahu, leaving, they were leaving rep Mark players Hughes, to play reserve. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. So um what what's uh what's a matchup this year that you have got your eye on looking looking over that draw? I mean, outside round one, um you know it's funny, like over like in the real bad years, when we used to like I know it happened regularly, we used <laughs> Like we got dusted up pretty bad a few times, but especially after the two Cronulla games when they beat us a combined one hundred to four. <laughs> um, those two games against the Sharks in twenty seventeen, like yeah, man, like they were like maybe the most two important club matches. I was like, oh man, I can't wait, to, like because I want to see how they aim up against them, kind of thing. After they had their ass handed to them, um, ro- the, playing the Roosters is one that I always always enjoy. Um, and, and it'll be no different this year. We've got a horrible record against them in the last 10, 15 years. But um, as a kid, that was a marketing matchup. Like I just, in, when they played the Roosters every year, like it, I don't know, takes you back, takes it back to my childhood when they were the they were the two gun teams in the early two thousands, late nineties kind of thing. They had you know a really good rivalry, but as well like the Roosters are the benchmark comp, like benchmark of the comp, and then, like you love seeing like when you aim up against the Roosters, like for me, it's like in 2018, like we were crap, but we aimed up one night against them and only went and went down 14, 12. And I know, yeah, like big happy to be here. And, you know, there's no, yeah. med- you know, there's no medals for valor kind of thing, but it was a nice feeling to be like, Hey, yeah. last week we we're embarrassing, but yeah, like we really aimed up against these blokes. And, um, and then the night and, 2019 the 38-6 like that was one of the great nights at at Hunter Stadium of all, like in the club's history you know yeah. so like, so when you that, that was in the, yeah. and that was in the middle of a stretch where you guys beat I think South Storm and the Roosters consecutively or something yeah. silly like that yeah. yeah it was you know so like the Roosters Roosters is one game I like yeah like yeah we're probably not going to win but like it's always a great test to see like against the Trent Robinson coach side yep and the Roosters always have a habit of like just scoring absolute like Harlem Globetrotter style tries <laughs> against us, which is you know like um, we always see to be on the Roosters highlight reels. So um, we'll get uh, we'll get um, who, first of all, who do you think is going to play in the grand final? You can say Newcastle. You can say two other teams. I think South and the Panthers are the two teams to beat, but I think only one of them makes the grand final. I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. I don't, I, I'm leaning towards not Penrith. Like they were just Mitch's favorite team, not Penrith. Yeah, not Penrith. <laughs> Big. Oh, no, not the Dragons this year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'll have to worry about that. It's going to be a good year for not Dragons and not the yeah. Warriors. <laughs> yeah. Also a good year. Yeah, 
But then again, like Souths have had that whole don't thing in the prelim where yes, yes, it's about know, to be the four falls of Redfern, mate. I'm fully fucking aware. I know <laughs> Souths are the North Sydney Bears of the 1990s. It like, honestly is a bit like that, bro. But yeah. he's got lucky enough in 2014, in, to, in 2014 to, to play yeah. the seventh seed in the grand final. They were like, so that's bad. more luck than the Bears have had in a hundred years. That's a fair point. So you got um, so Souths versus who? <laughs> I would love to say Newcastle, but I don't think so. There's um, no consequences here. You can say yeah, Newcastle. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, like, bugger, I like my team. We'll be the Cinderella story. There you go. That's what we want to hear. That's a take. I, I mean, if, if, if whoever we get for, like, the Warriors or the Dragons comes on here and says that, we might take their microphone away. But you're allowed to say that. <laughs> uh, Mitch, what about you? I've got the Knights finishing seventh, but I think they're one of those teams that if they catch fire towards the end, they could be a big a problem frisky. for some teams in the finals. They're very hard for me to pick, but I had I had them down at six, and I'm the mo- this is subject to change. I know after we talk to all the teams, well, we'll I mean, changing this. Cam Smith's going to yeah. sign for the Titans like the day after we finish our last preview, and then I have yeah. to bump everyone down one. Yeah, but uh, are we going to pick our grand final every episode, Vanguard? No, we're not going to do that. We don't okay. have to do that. It's okay, fine. Sweet. <laughs> sweet, but uh, yeah, there's a there's a team we're talking about later. I don't know if you looked at them yet, uh, Harry, but if you put that Raiders team down on paper. Mate, like I hate playing the game on paper, but they've got guys like Ryan James, yeah, Gula, Corey Horsburgh. Yeah. These are guys who might not make the team. You know, yeah. Corey Horsburgh, yeah, yeah. and Ira, Ryan, no, yeah, they Ryan Sutton. Them, like, yeah. all, the listeners, guys are all fighting. The listeners the can wait till Wednesday for some Raiders chat. Yeah, Thank you it. very much. I know, um, I know. <laughs> By the way, we're playing. The Broncos are playing the Knights. One of those weird schedules. Uh, was it four or five times in the last five rounds? Sorry. Playing twice in the last five rounds. What am I saying? Uh, Is Selwyn Cobb playing a half for each team? Selwyn Cobb, we're going to do it all year. (laughs) He just plays a half for the Broncos and a half for the other team every week. Yeah, so maybe maybe there might be uh, the classic four pointers, you know, for the top four. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Harry, anything else you want to say about the the Knights before we uh, before we wrap this one up? They frustrate the shit out of me. Yep, (laughs) I love the boys and and. Yep. What like the one thing I've noticed in like NRL Twitter in the last couple of years, like what has more like apart from being just absolutely shit house and being not a threat to anyone, what have they done to like so piss so many people off? Like they just occupy so much space it's, in people's heads. Like they are a very vocal fan base on social like, media. I got deep into like NRL Twitter. Just how many people hate the Knights? I'm like, what have they done to like offend anyone like it's just hilarious like, I think everyone I think, is just collectively defending the honor of wayne bennett which i respect yeah, it's, so. it's quite funny harry because i was kicking you guys as a wounded dog and no one wanted to join in no yeah one, but, but then you you've come good and now mitch was brave enough you. to call the worst team in the history of the nrl shit when they were shit, shit. no yeah. one else wanted to call them shit <laughs> <laughs> except for you and paul gallon that's about it that's yeah. it but uh, i'm with you there harry like, i know sometimes when team, yeah. you're a knights fan or i'm a broncos fan i know your experience on Twitter, you'd obviously notice night take more than other people would, but I'm with you. The yeah, I think that's a lot fair. of shit. There are certain so teams that for whatever reason, like given it's like back when I used to post like the league unlimited forums and stuff, South's got way more hate on there than they did in like everyday life. It's just, it's just weird. Like sometimes you're just in a social media space or whatever. And certain teams are just more disliked. And and you go offline and like you know I think more people hate the storm on the internet than hate the storm in real life as well for for example I think so yeah it's just weird you're right though I think the knights do cop a fair bit of hate hate out there on the old social media we're just 
We're just fighting a good fight up in the hunter. Just a, just, a, just a team of lovable battlers. Mate, that's what we are. Yep. Um, and Only before made we... the finals three times without Andrew Johns or something stupid. That's, like it's not great, is it? <laughs> um, before we go, I would like to give a quick shout out to our Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much. Without you, we would not be done this all off season. And we certainly would not be doing daily podcasts for you uh, going into the season without your support. We uh, really do appreciate you. Um, and if you do want to support us, it's patreon.com forward slash NRL boom rookies. And I'll give a quick shout out to those people in the top two tiers on our Patreon. They are Bert Andrews, Dave, Carlo Tyson, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, uh, CTO. I think that's a new one. Uh, thank you very much, CTO, for, for jumping for jumping in there. We really appreciate you. Warwick Ahern, an anonymous backer, uh, Wayne Ritchie, Michael Murray, uh, Ben Wallace, Frankie, Old Mama Bear, Never Trendy, Simo, Ty, Maddie McPee, Leon, Morgan Watkins, Harvey G, Jace G, Thor Laycock, Roxanne Clark, Cam Beswick, Maddie Jenkins, Dan Cullinane, Tom Hardy, Josh Brandon, and Jason. Thank you very much for your support and everyone in those two lower tiers of Patreon subscription as well. This Once again, that's patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom yeah. Rookies. This is growing this week. I want to mention before we move on as well is that if you sign up for Patreon or if you're already on there now, you can change the paying in Australian dollars. If you so, want to, uh, we, had... we couldn't change. We wanted to like tweak our payment structure a little bit, but we couldn't without it automatically purging all of our patrons. So we're just not, <laughs> we're yeah. just not doing it. Cause if you guys don't know, when we set it up, only USD was available. That's why the tiers are kind of weird. We were like Australian dollars came available like last Friday. I was like, hell yeah, we get to adjust these. No, we don't. So no. instead of having a $10 Australian tier, we wanted to have is an $11 one now. That's with the $8 USD tier is 11 Aussie. But if you go into Aussie dollars, you can set that you're paying the same amount every week, not relying on, ex- relying on exchange rates, essentially. So, yeah, go ahead. Um, we are, we are going to continue to bet on, on the Australian dollar to further weaken against the greenback. <laughs> and it'll be us reaping the benefits of our economy going down the toilet. Oh, all right. Uh, I've had a lot of fun doing this. We will be back tomorrow with the Sydney Roosters. Uh, Harry Ramage, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug? Anything you'd like to promote? Of course, if you guys don't follow Harry on to- Twitter already, what the hell are you doing? One of the smartest rugby league minds out there. And he is just at Harry Ramage. No numbers, no underscores, no nonsense, no frills. <laughs> Easy to find. Easy bag. <laughs> All right, mate. We'll definitely have you on again uh, early into the season proper. I'm sure of it. Well, sounds great. Can't wait. We'll see awesome. You then. And say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs> <laughs>